Hello and welcome to episode 38 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and in this podcast, I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet, and I also share expert opinions from doctors such as Dr. Cobble Esserston, Dr. Malcolm Mackay, Dr. Mark Craig, Dr. Anthony Hodge, so many other people, nutritionists dietitians, we've got psychologists, neuropsychologists, all types of incredible people and guest speakers on this show. This week we have plant-based researcher and nutritionist Jenny Cameron, who is, I think, really, really incredible and incredible and a pioneer in this whole food plant-based movement in Australia. I was so excited to have her on the show. Jenny runs seminars in plant-based nutrition and provides nutrition coaching with a focus on restoring health through transitioning to a more whole food plant-based diet. She is the partner of the wonderful, one of the guests on my show, wonderful Dr. Malcolm Mackay. And she has completed courses such as graduate certificates in human nutrition through Deakin University, level two certificate in wellness coaching, plant-based nutrition certificate through eCornell, the starch solution certificate with Dr. John McDougall, weight loss certificate course with Pam Popper, which is incredible. If you don't know Pam Popper, I'm hoping that one day she'll be on this show. Jenny is super passionate about this. She is the co-founder of the Plant-Based Health Australia Facebook page, the Whole Food Plant-Based Australia website with Dr. Malcolm Mackay. She's also the co-founder of Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies, an incredible Facebook group based here in Australia that is full of, I guess, Deb, who's on next week, Deb Plowman and Jenny. I think they're such a great match because Jenny brings in all the evidence-based research of why a whole food plant-based diet is so incredible for our health and for healing our bodies and Deb is a great partner in the the project of Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies because she loves the food. She's a foodie. She loves talking about how to make food delicious, how to make food easy, how to make it food easy for your family, all those types of things. So the two of them make Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies and all the admins that are involved in it now make it a group that has almost 10,000 members, which is very active. It's full of you can ask anything in there. It's supportive. It's educational. It's just rich with information and resources and a great place to join. If you're a person who lives in Australia, I highly recommend joining. It's literally my favorite Facebook group out there for this way of eating. So you can follow her page, Jenny's page, Plant Based Health Australia, which is great, and join that group and yeah, she is just so knowledgeable. As a librarian, she, this is her, her, she is just awesome at finding the data, reading the data, analyzing the data, and then saying, this is the best evidence for this way of eating. And this is the best research. This is the best research available. She is just so knowledgeable in whole food plant-based eating. She's a great person to talk to about it because she's just so passionate. So yes, Welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you all enjoy listening to Jenny talk about both our favourite things, a whole food plant-based diet. So, yeah, enjoy the episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hello, Jenny. Welcome to the show. Hello, Corinne. It's lovely to be here. So, Jenny, I've given you a bit of introduction already, but if you could introduce yourself a bit more, that would be wonderful. Okay. I'm Jenny. I live in Melbourne and I'm quite passionate about whole foods, plant-based nutrition. 
I still straddle kind of two careers. Uh, my background is as a librarian and I worked in university libraries for um, about 25 years. Um, but in the past five years, I've reskilled as a nutritionist and done quite a few courses along the way to, to get where I am now. Um, uh, yeah, so what else? Um, do you want me to go right back? <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us about how you stumbled across this way of eating that would be wonderful uh well it was uh, it was quite a stumble you might say <laughs> i was uh, skiing at falls creek um in 2008 in fact it's almost 10 years ago exactly um and i met uh malcolm that's dr malcolm McCoy. happy anniversary <laughs> just, a, just a few weeks away um because we did have snow on the ground uh so it was july and uh, I, I was introduced to him by his sister, who I only knew very, very uh, vaguely. And um, we hit it off straight away. He lived in Adelaide. I lived in Melbourne. We had a very interesting courtship for a couple of years where we commuted between the two cities. But we, we had a lot of time together. Mm. So in terms of my stumbling across this way of eating, um, before I met him, I thought I was eating a really good diet. I was, um, you know, I, I was the librarian for School of Biomedical Sciences at the university I was at, and um, they even taught nutrition. And I ordered every possible book um, that I could, uh, um, you know, to support those courses. So I, I thought I knew everything that there was to know. I had two teenage children at the time, and I did my best to feed them, you know, the right food. I was always leaning in towards being vegetarian in in terms of I, I guess not in a strong ethical sense but just I, I was more comfortable eating a lot of plants and less comfortable eating a lot of meat and uh, but I, I still ate meat you know pretty much you know two or three meal meal one or two meals a day so when I met him and he I actually told him I was semi-vegetarian it just kind of rolled off the tongue yeah, at the time yeah. and uh, he said that uh, he ate this plant-based diet and I understood exactly what being vegetarian was but vegan was something I'd never visited the thought of living without um, cheese and uh, without eggs um, was something I'd never contemplated so he was very gentle with me and in our early time together not pushing at all um, I would eat I would go and travel over to his place in Adelaide and eat the way he he wanted to eat I would come back home after a weekend in Adelaide and I'd actually go straight to work on a Monday morning and I remember having a real um, <laughs> I used to go to the cafeteria and buy some junk food yeah. <laughs> like after two or three days of eating whole plant foods I, yeah. I craved calorie rich um, you know sort of salty greasy food yeah um, so I it was a very very slow transition for me and mm. and there wasn't in the first um, eight or ten months there wasn't really a sense of me deciding that I was going to eat differently I just started to eat more plants started to you know I dropped eating red meat because you know that made sense and so on 
The next big thing, though, was we were having a conversation one day and I um, was a little bit rattled about the prospect of maybe getting breast cancer one day. It was just, there was family history. And he showed me a chart um, and, and said, well, you know, you could you could drop the dairy. There's an association between dairy and breast cancer. Um, yeah. And he showed me the chart out of um, T. Colin Campbell's book, The China Study. Mm. And I sort of went, hmm. And I went back to Melbourne and I didn't actually take his copy of the book, but I realised that I'd ordered it for the library that I was working in uh, only about a year or two earlier. And so I borrowed it and went and read it. And when I got up to, I think, at the end of Chapter 3, I really understood the point about dairy. And that was it. I I had an absolute aha moment and thought... I'm just I'm getting I'm in a stop now I wouldn't say I stopped absolutely all traces of it but um out went the yogurt for breakfast the next morning um out went the cheese although of course my family still wanted to eat it um and so that was my next big big thing so it took me that was nearly a year into me knowing him and after that of course I was swept up with this why didn't I know this? And that that was overwhelming for me, really overwhelming. I could not believe that I had not come across this. So I did what everyone does. They go on Google, they find, you know, sort of China study, T. Colin Campbell, things of for and against. But the more I got into it, the more I explored, the more I uncovered and uh, and set me off on this journey. So this was in about 2009 that I was doing this. So it's it's just been an endless quest for information and I, I, I never stop. <laughs> Every, day. Every day I'm listening to a new podcast, I'm watching a new, um, you know, video on a YouTube channel or I'm reading uh, the latest, you know, as a peer-reviewed article, whether it's the latest or whether it's because I'm delving into some topic that's come up in one of the groups um, uh, and I want to explore and, and try and understand what's uh, you know what what's the best evidence that we can that we can find to form and you know make a decision on whether we eat a particular food or avoid a particular food and so on. Yes, and I wanted to talk to you about the evidence because I do think of you as someone who is a researcher and who is on on top of the evidence for a whole food plant based diet. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on where the evidence is at the moment. Well, that's a very big question. I know. <laughs> you don't have to answer it all at well, once. <laughs> one of my ways of answering it, and and this, I, I actually had real clarity on this when I went um, and studied a postgraduate nutrition course at university a few years ago. And even though within that course there were, um, you know, things in the textbook and things in the lectures that were kind of pushing you towards, oh, you need, you know, your dairy for calcium and, and your meat for iron and so on. Um, the thing that, that was really clear um, based on, you know, the volume of evidence of and, and the biochemistry of the body that a diet rich in whole grains, legumes, vegetables and fruit is healthy. Like that, there's no question about that. And there's no question about that even among those teaching these courses the question, of course, is what role do um, other foods, <laughs> discretionary foods and animal foods have in the human diet? And uh, that's where the evidence can get quite murky because in the past 10 or 20 years, industry has funded so much research into nutrition. It's, um, you know, it, it, it is, it happens 
almost everything I read and even papers that are supporting what I'm looking for, you know, things that are supporting eating legumes and eating uh, grains, that you discover that industry is, is behind such research. Having worked in a university, having been the research librarian supporting researchers across that university for many years, um, I, I well understand how how academics, how researchers go about their business, and I understand the importance of getting funding. Um, but when that intersects with this evidence-based healthcare or evidence-based medicine model that we're in, um, it's it's really messy in terms of, you know, where is the evidence? Now, I, I've got several thoughts going through my head at the one time. I, I have the, the privilege of being able to like literally look over my shoulder, look, look over Malcolm's shoulder and see the material that comes to doctors. He's a, a GP, general practitioner, and he is sent several printed magazines, you know, weekly, monthly. He gets email newsletters and a lot of the uh, correspondence is around trying to update GPs in the latest evidence, <laughs> the latest research. And so I see the message that's conveyed to GPs. And I can tell you, when it comes to nutrition, it comes to issues like diabetes, you know, obesity, heart disease, most GPs know that no diet works, no diet's better than any other diet. However, bariatric surgery has really good evidence now and in, and, and should be thought about as a, a treatment for diabetes oh, <laughs> and, and obesity. So it, it's quite appalling when you see the if, if there's, you know, there's a hierarchy of evidence and the double-blind randomised controlled trial is considered the highest level of evidence and then a, a systematic review or a meta-analysis that crunches a double-blind randomised controlled trials is considered the best possible evidence. Well, you can't do that with whole food diets. You can't randomise people um, uh, and and have something you know blinded to either the the participants or the researchers. Um, you can't um, getting a compliance or adherence to uh, a whole dietary pattern is really difficult. So there's so many reasons why nutrition doesn't fall into that top level of evidence. But when you do some intervention that's with a pill or even with a procedure, like a surgical procedure, you you can get something that they consider as a high level of evidence. So it's I've, I find it really sad. So coming back to, I think, your original question. No, <laughs> no, that, that, that was, that was covering it. I think that was really amazing. Keep going. Um, you know, where, where is the evidence now? Um you know, I've, I've said that there, the evidence is really strong that eating whole grains, legumes, vegetables and fruit is, is healthy for the human body. Mm. Um, uh, where else is the evidence? There are some, you know, there's good evidence um, in, of small trials where groups have been randomised to, you know, follow one particular dietary pattern. There's just a few of them that are whole food plant-based and when those, uh, you know, the few trials that are out there, um, when people follow the diet, the results are powerful. The problem is when you randomise groups, it's actually hard to get people to follow the diet. So the results aren't always as strong as we would hope. So therein comes the other side of what I consider the evidence for whole food plant-based nutrition, and that is 
literally the anecdotes of thousands, the anecdotes of tens of thousands. When you and and what you're doing, Corinne, with your podcast, it's, I love what you're doing because it's bringing out um, out of the woodwork so many people who have amazing stories to tell. It's so consistent. Someone with a particular chronic disease or someone who has had a long-term struggle with trying to lose weight, that when they finally click on to doing this diet, the results are predictable. And I know that you found this as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just overwhelming. And so it's balancing, you know, in academia we're taught, like, you know, anecdotes mean nothing, but, I, you know, it's, it's anecdotes in, into the tens of thousands. I've spent years... Um, being looking at um, like participating in multiple groups, some of the very big ones overseas, um, the Facebook groups supporting whole food plant based, and you just every day, every day I see whether it's someone's post or a comment within a post, I see a success story, and it's just again and again and again. You know, maybe it's several times a day. And so in over over the past five years, I'd say that has to, in my mind, clock up into tens of thousands that I have read of people who have had success losing weight, feeling better, you know, more energy, uh, and, and, you know, reversing whatever disease it was they, they started out with. So it's, it is, to me, there is so much evidence that eating this way works, but it's really sad that the level of evidence required for some people to um, consider that this is an option um, that that yeah this the the anecdotal evidence doesn't uh, doesn't add up in in a lot of people's minds yes yes I agree and I think that that is really hard which is one of the reasons why this podcast was started because I thought you know one person's anecdotal story is like my own is is great but I wanted to place but there was tons of them you know where there was just so many that it was made a very loud noise in people's minds. You know, to see all these stories in one place is just like wow. Like it, it I've got to give this a try. Is what I is what is what I hope and what my intention is for this podcast. But it is, as you say, it is hard for those people who want that science based evidence because of issues with industry funding and and as you say, because gathering evidence for a plant based diet is you know, to have a randomised control trial is pretty a double-blinded one. You know, it's it's really, I don't know how you would ever, you couldn't do that, could you? It'd be no. Well, no, no. But I, I guess the, uh, what, what you can do is get a, a group of people and um, you've often got to give them a little bit of information about what they're in for as to whether they're prepared to be randomised to one group or the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then with the group that is called the intervention group, if there was a, a group that were going to be doing a whole food plant-based, they then need a lot of support and a lot of information to be able to do it, um, you know, to to a degree, to enough of a degree that they get whatever results are, uh, are being hoped for. And and it is possible. And one of the most mm. wonderful pieces of research to come out in the past um, just over a year ago um, was that done by um, Luke Wilson, Dr. Luke Wilson and Nick Wright over in New Zealand. 
And uh, that, that's what we, we call the BROAD study, B-R-O-A-D. And that's a community-based intervention. I think there were 60 people um, randomised into two groups and one who had you know normal care um, and the other group ate whole food plant-based over 12 weeks. And I think they were followed up at six months and, and fantastic results. They got support. They, most of them, you know, did it with, with great uh, enthusiasm. And from my knowledge that, that there's many people from that original study that they're still doing it, it became, became their way of life. However, when, when the broad study was um, published, I and, and Malcolm and I closely watched the medical media over the next couple of months to see if it was um, mentioned anywhere, mm. and it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> it's not mentioned oh, such anywhere. such a shame. <laughs> It, it got no mention in, in fact, the, the, the month that it came out, there was an article in one of the, um, you know, Oz Doc sort of magazines, um, can't remember which one, that, that was putting forth this, this notion that, you know, no, no diet's better than any other diet, you know, whether it's low fat, low carb, you know, any, it's just whatever diet people stick to. There's also this sort of idea um, that so long as someone loses, um, I think it's five five percent of their weight, they'll have some health improvements. And uh, when you compare that, you know, so if you're if someone is 100 kilograms and they lose five percent, that means they go down to 95. They're still overweight. And uh, whereas what we know from people who do adopt whole food plant based, generally once they get on board, you know creating the healthy habits consistency day after day that they just they lose weight and they lose so much more than five percent they get down to usually you know a healthy weight that they stay at for the rest of their lives um so it's yeah yeah we we do we do believe this diet works <laughs> yes yes um i, I was oh, just going to pick up on one thing um with the, the testimonials so we started on our facebook page um a little tradition of testimonial tuesday for that, that exact reason um that, that you've started this podcast just trying to to get um you know most weeks i don't do it every week but most weeks i i look for uh, someone's story that has been written somewhere um, or filmed somewhere around the world um, where someone has you know, adopted this way of eating and, and <laughs> now enjoys good health. Um, so, yeah, it's something that I've, I've just, I love reading people's stories and I never get sick of it. Um, I know, me neither. It's so amazing and exciting and inspiring and it just keeps it even keeps me I, I feel like I couldn't get more inspired by this way of eating but it does like each week I am more inspired mm. I wanted to ask you about your time at True North and if you could explain what True North is to the listeners okay um well, I had the very good fortune early in 2017 to accompany my mother um, she wanted to uh, visit True North Health Center it's in Santa Rosa California and they do um, long they, they do prolonged water only fasting as well as people don't have to you don't have to fast if you go there you can go there just to eat from the um, whole food plant-based um, salt oil sugar-free buffet and uh, and so some people do that um, others go there to do a water fast which then finishes with eating from the buffet 
for a period of time afterwards. So my mum wanted to give it a go and she asked if I would help her get there. So, of course, I relished the idea. And um, and it's when you're there, there, there can be up to, I think it's about 50 people at any one time. You're in these little units. Um, so you might be, uh, you've got your own bedroom, but you're sharing, um, you know, maybe a bathroom, a little lounge room with a couple of other people. And uh, you, there's lots of activities every day, every morning at 10 a.m., every afternoon at 2 p.m., uh, someone gives a talk or a cooking demo. So the idea is while people are there, they're learning everything that they need to know about how to stick it eating this way for the rest of their life. And it's an incredibly powerful, motivating environment. The staff that work there are just so um, so dedicated, so motivated, so interesting. Um, you, when you are eating, like as in not fasting, you, uh, you know, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you can sit next, uh, sit down often uh, next to or opposite the um, Dr. Alan Goldhammer, who started True North Health Centre many years ago. And, and just have conversations about absolutely anything. So just to be there was fascinating for me, just to hang out with these people, to hang out with the other participants, the other sort of mm. inmates. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And to hear their journey was just fascinating. Um, for example, there were people there with um, MS, uh, with rheumatoid arthritis, with many other inflammatory arthritises, some people with cancer, um, and they're, they're all – the idea with the water-only fasting is that um, whereas eating whole food plant-based does you know, kind of reverse most diseases – Doing a, a prolonged water fast, so when I say prolonged, something that's more than about three or four days, um, it, it's done under medical supervision. So someone, there's a, a doctor who you're assigned to, there are staff, um, there might be like volunteer medical students um, or, or other others who, or even existing doctors who've decided to come and spend, you know, a couple of months there seeing what happens. And so um, they, they're called the interns and they come and knock on your door at, you know, seven in the morning and four in the afternoon and they take your blood pressure and ask you a whole lot of questions about how you're doing. So if you are on a water, water fast, you are closely monitored um, every day throughout the day. In fact, there's someone on call 24 hours if you need it. So with um, what, what's so fascinating with people's journeys is that they, um, uh, if, if they've had something like rheumatoid arthritis and they've been eating, sometimes people have been trying really hard, eating a very clean, whole food, plant-based diet, but symptoms just haven't quite gone away. Um, doing a water-only fast where your digestive system has a complete rest, uh, there's just amazing things happen inside the body when you do a prolonged fast and things begin to heal and you hear of people who have had multiple autoimmune diseases. That was a really interesting one. One of the practitioners there said that the most recently acquired autoimmune disease is the first one that 
that you drop off <laughs> once when you go through a fast. So I found that quite fascinating. So if you're someone that's, um, you know, had rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, whatever, a whole host of things, uh, usually the first one you acquire is the most difficult one to get rid of. And and I did meet some people there who um, had been there before and were were still trying to, you know, still kind of battling to to uh, reverse a particular disease. And I guess this is where one of the things we have to step back from nutrition sometimes with illness, with uh, chronic disease, and say it's nutrition is a huge part, but it's not the only part. Mm-hmm. You know, stress. Is can be play a huge part in someone's healing or not. Yes. <laughs> so, so there can be other things going on for people, which mean that they don't quite get the uh, you know the outcome that they that they were hoping for. But mostly, the stories there are, are amazing. Um, now, in the case of because I was there and uh, my mother wanted to try a water fast of up to two weeks, um, it was mainly for for blood pressure. And uh, she's, you know, quite elderly, and we of course had a, uh, doctors who were telling her that she had to stay on tablets for life, and and she had other ideas, um, and that's one reason that she wanted to to try the the fast. So while I, because she was doing it, I thought, well, I'll just give it a go. I did a six day, or I should say, it's six and a half days. I could have, you know, if if I decided. Um, to wait until the exact time I last eight, I could have made it to seven days. <laughs> but um, so I did, I did a six-day water-only fast, and I blogged every day during wow. that time. And so that um, that that is still out there. I've got this funny little blog I started years ago that I almost never post to, but I did every day during the water fast um, last year. And how did you find it? I found it fascinating, absolutely fascinating, because I'm someone that would be um, like, you know, go, missing missing lunch. <laughs> I, I think would be a crisis. <laughs> you know, if it was two in the afternoon, and I hadn't eaten uh, since breakfast. I'd think that there was something uh, really bad, and I would have to eat urgently. Um, so the the idea of just not eating. You just like my fast. Well, you actually you feed into the fast. That, that was interesting. So the, for a few days prior, they want you to have a really clean diet. Well, I had a clean diet before I started there, but they want you to also drop a few foods. So drop the grains and legumes and eat, um, you know, sort of mostly non-starchy um, vegetables and fruit. Now, I, I only did that for a day before I started my fast. But I was more hungry on that day than I was the next day when I was just woke up in the morning and didn't eat breakfast and then I didn't eat lunch and then I didn't eat dinner. <laughs> and during even that first day, I can recall thinking, this is really amazing. How much of my life is spent around eating um, I mean, even I'm at a facility where they're feeding me, I'm just serving from the buffet, but I eat and then I, you know, go back into my room or, um, you know, sit somewhere and I digest and so much of our life goes into just fueling our bodies. If you then add in when you're back home and you've got to shop and you've got mm. to prepare and you've got to cook and then you've got to eat and then you've got to wash up and then you've got to let your body digest. There is just so much of our lives that, that, that go into into that task of fueling our body. So when you're not fueling your body, it's like this amazing thing of being free. <laughs> so 
you think that you're not going to have any energy to kind of you know get out of bed in the morning, but you do because you're not putting the energy into digestion. And they encourage you to move very slowly, to not sort of, you know, stand up and move quickly. Um, but you can walk about, you can do things. You go and listen to the lectures, even to the cooking demonstrations. I know, I was and, thinking that might be hard. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and the cooking demonstrators, you've got people like Kathy Fisher, um, who, who does uh, one session a week, and she'll be cooking something delicious and it gets passed along. You know, there might be sort of 20, 30 people in this room and, and it's passed along and those who are eating can have a taste and those who are not, you know, just have a sniff. <laughs> it's amazing that you can actually smell delicious food and mm. think, oh, yeah, but I'm, it's, I'm not eating, so that's all right. <laughs> so I, I just, I really did find that experience quite amazing and in terms of how I went uh, over over the first few days um, it became very obvious to me when I um, had entered ketosis you have a bit of a foul taste in the mouth and that actually stops you being hungry um, so yeah the first day it's sort of just odd because I'm not eating and yeah. I normally would be eating yeah. and then second day you sort of you know, I feel a bit funny and I think around day two to three I might have just had a tiny bit of nausea, nothing of any significance but just it's enough to make you, you don't want to eat because you're not feeling great and um, but then you just get used to it. Now had I had any particular thing I was trying to reverse, you know, some sort of thing I was trying to heal, um, would I have gone more than the six days? I'm not sure I would have because by chance they, they, they do take your, your blood work um, sort of I think once a week um, and and also they, they do a you, you sort of several times during the week a urine sample. There was something that they picked up, in fact, after I determined that I was going to stop my fast that afternoon when I'd started juicing, which you do for the first few days, um, they'd have said, oh, we would have pulled you off because my blood sugar was getting too low. So, there are, you know, they're monitoring you and I, I couldn't have just kept doing it. Of course, I lost weight and I don't have weight to lose, but, you know, you make that up over, over time. So, yeah, that was my experience. And wow. I had a, one, one of the other exciting things um, at the time I was there was the one of the well-known doctors from True North and the McDougall program, Dr. Anthony Lim, he was doing his very first fast and he did a seven-day fast. He was just a few days ahead of me from when, when he started his. And he shared his experiences with the group a couple of times um, over that over that week. And that was just incredible. So he was there as a, as a wow, patient. Wow, that is so incredible. <laughs> And it was just like so cool. And he was so blown away by what it was like. And he was someone that, that had also said, you know, to him, you know, a, a fast is what you do between supper time and breakfast time. Yeah. It's <laughs> incredible. When you say this, is this just recent, this, this year, the last, probably the last eight months, I've played around with some three-day fasts. The one, I think one I made it to was four days. And I thought the very similar. I thought I was always thinking about food. And as you say, when you do the fast, day one, you're like, wow, I didn't realize how much of my life was obsessing about food. And it totally resonated with me about the freedom. Like I did feel free <laughs> those mm. three days and lie. And my mind was clear and I had energy. I felt the best I'd felt in a long, long time on those during those two three day fasts I did. Mm. 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 It's fascinating. But in meeting um, 
Dr. Anthony Lim would have been a f- really fun as well and well, having him one do of the a doctors there. So, yeah. so I would have met him anyway, but um, it was just uh, he was there as a patient for seven days. And in fact, he was meant to be when for whatever period of time you fast, you have to be sort of under their care for at least half the time again. So um, and, and during that time, you're refeeding. So if you do a seven day fast, that means in effect, like three and a half days, half the seven days, that there's a particular refeeding plan. And so they don't want people to skip out of the, the, the place until they've they've you know gone back to normal food. Normal food being, you know, whole food, plant based, whole food, plant based, salt or sugar free. <laughs> um, uh, in fact, on on the feeding plan, uh, you can tell it's got Dr. Alan Goldhammer's um, uh, sort of touch on this. It, it, it's it's got different columns depending on how long you've fasted. Some people fast for three weeks, four weeks, up to six weeks. Um, that that it, it's you know like the first day it's when you're refeeding it's just juices if you've just done a short fast if you've done a long fast it would be days of juicing and then it's um, the next phase is uh, eating just that the low calorie density fruit you know fruits and vegetables and then you move into the st- more starchy foods gradually um, ending up with you know back eating your, your grains and, and legumes and so all of that's meant to take at least half the time again and but then the next column it then says vegan SOS for the next 50 years it's Alan Goldhaber's written that <laughs> it's just like that's the next stage it's like day three day four day five you know then yeah. <laughs> vegan SOS next 50 that is so funny. <laughs> oh wow. So how did your mum go over two weeks? Did she fast make the fast for two weeks? She she did a, a few days extra juicing leading into it. Um, I won't go into the details, but we, we just had a, a few minor stresses in, in getting settled into the place. Um, we weren't in the same place, in the same little uh, suite for a few days. So yeah. it kind of delayed things. So she did an 11-day water-only fast, and she just did fantastically every day of that. Um, and, of course, I'd, I did my fast within that, but then I was sort of back on deck and and uh, and full of beans, um, supporting her for the rest. Supporting supporting her for the rest of it, and yeah, she had some pretty amazing health uh, health recoveries. One that she, I hope she doesn't mind me t- telling the world this one. Um, <laughs> One that just uh, was so unexpected. Um, she's been asthmatic since childhood, mm. and she has been eating um, a very, a very you know good whole food plant based diet for a part. Well, back then it was for at least three years, and she had had significant health improvements eating um, wow. pretty much a, what we call a McDougal style diet, mm. and. Um, but and so her asthma was much much improved eating whole food plant based and so she was happy with that. Well, seven days into her water only fast, she woke up one morning. She came into me and she said, "I can't believe it. I can breathe, like I've never remembered breathing in my whole life. Her wow. lungs, the depth of her breath, and it was like wow. And so it was like from after every day after that, it was like." How are your lungs? Still, still okay? <laughs> and then, you know, sort of weeks later, months later, how, how are you doing? Like yeah. just thinking, is, is this for real? Yeah. She, 
it was so unexpected for her. So she's not asthmatic anymore. Like she, she didn't have much trouble eating whole food plant based, but she would still carry the puffer around as a, you know, as a, as a sort of in case. Yeah. And now it's like asthma's gone. That it's is just incredible. That is um, so yeah, good. Uh, the main reason for being there, blood pressure. Yeah, blood pressure's, you know, stabilised at a, a normal level. I mean, she is in her 80s, so, mm. you know, it's <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, um, no, she did really well. Just, uh, it was, uh, and it was just so exciting to, to kind of be there with her through that time. Mm. Yeah, that was, what an amazing experience. I was, it's on my bucket list of places mm. to go. Mm. I really want to do a fast at True North. As I say, it's it's just the there's so many layers to to why it's such a, a fun place to hang out. The mm. other people, the practitioners there, you know, the whole the whole program. I mean, there's also you know meditation and yoga, um, which I presume is is still going strong, even though the lovely Elise, uh, Dr. Michael Clapper's wife, has has departed there because the Clappers have moved on mm. from True North. But they yeah. they were there when I was um, there in was it February March 2017. Mm, so, yeah, wow. Lots of fun and 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 I, I just feel so privileged. I mean, I, I also feel privileged about so many things that I've done in the past five or so years. Every year we go to the International Plant-Based Nutrition Conference, mm. uh, Nutrition Healthcare Conference. Another bucket list. Uh, in, in, in America and um, the people you meet there, it's just so exciting. Um, I've been to three uh, Dr. John McDougall adventure holidays Um in Hawaii and Costa Rica and again it's not just the excitement of meeting you know the plant-based expert that you've gone to to be with or hear it's all the other people that you hang out with that makes it just such a, a fun thing to do um, the most recent uh, adventure I had was the holistic holiday at sea in the Caribbean um, uh, it was uh, there was about two thousand people on board this massive ship um, who were part of the sort of vegan group, and within that vegan group was kind of the, the subset of those doing whole food plant based. And there was um, uh, speakers on board like uh, Rip Esselstyn, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Michael Clapper, Dr. Joel Kahn, um, uh, T. Corn Campbell. Oh my gosh. So that was that was really that was just fabulous, and hanging out with some of those, um, you know, uh, at lunch or uh, at a onshore excursion was was just great. So I'm I'm very very lucky. I know that. You're oh, yeah. so blessed. That's a wonderful. <laughs> yes. mm. Oh wow! So if you, I wanted to ask you two things more, and one would be. How do you find like socializing in family? Because as you said, you know, obviously you helped your mum transition to this to this way of eating. But how did you find, because I think a lot of people struggle with the social aspects of transitioning to this way of eating. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on how people, how you, how you did, but how people can maybe ease that struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I guess for me, I wouldn't say I've had uh, a huge problem because you know, Malcolm's my partner and we both eat the same way and we're pretty much homebodies. We we don't go out very much. There were there was a time early on where we would try and go out for a meal, celebrate a meal, 
Um, uh, and uh, in fact, it reminds me, it's probably five years ago now, around our little a meeting anniversary, uh, we decided to go out to a restaurant that was a vegetarian restaurant and I'd rung up as you do the week, you know, the days before about whether when you make the booking, um, you know, I'd like uh, be wanting to order a meal that's, um, you know, plant-based, no oil if possible. And it's interesting when you ring restaurants, whoever you speak to tends to give you a story to kind of get you in the door, sort of like, oh, yes, you know, we, we can accommodate, um, you know, just to speak, you know, just ask when you arrive sort of thing. And yet when, when, when you get there in this particular meal, and we were, it was just the two of us going out to, to which we rarely do, to celebrate a little anniversary. And um, so we're looking at the menu and asking the the um, waitress about, well, we want to know which of these choices uh, would, are the ones that you could possibly, you know, a chef could do without oil or with minimal oil. And uh, so there was a bit of toing and froing from the kitchen and she came back and in a very matter of fact, not in an unkind tone at all, she said, oh, you, you, you two might be better off just eating at home. <laughs> <laughs> it was like because for them and, and this was about five years ago um i i think now uh, some places have probably had the question from uh someone about oil but back then no one no one was ever asking that question yeah, so yeah, we, we were just treated like we were from mars mm. and why on earth would we want a, a meal without oil so that that's so we don't eat out very much for that reason we eat out because we, you know, if, if some friends want to go out and we know that the meal will be a big compromise, um, we do our best. There's a few of our tips and we've actually got a, a page on our website where we share these tips. We, we, we preload before we go. Yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> I have food like, in my handbag know, as well. <laughs> a, have a, you know, it might, um, if we're going out at 6 at, at 5.30, I'll, you know, we'll eat a corn cob each um, and, uh, you know, maybe have a bit of salad. But, but usually when you do go out, the one thing you can get is some non-starchy veggies, either salad or. Or, or say steam veggies. So the, the problem when we eat out is getting enough calories from starches. And um, so that's that's where the preloading comes in. And we also have been known to have potatoes in a Ziploc bag in, you know, not in our pockets, but, you know, in my handbag. And, uh, and I, you know, I've been at functions where I've you've got the salad that they've you know the vegan salad that they brought you without oil and um so there's no calories on the plate you know the whole plate might have 50 calories even though it's piled high with um you know lettuce leaves and grated carrot and uh so I, you pull out your little baked potatoes and <laughs> throw them under the salad <laughs> to start chopping so we've done that before <laughs> it works quite well um yeah. i guess you wouldn't do that if you were in a really top-notch restaurant but if you think that no one's watching you just uh yeah you, you do that yeah um that's a great tip. It is, it is an interesting thing that, I, um, that I've only fairly recently um, been attuned to, that we're focused on asking these restaurants, can they do something without oil? I, I was somewhere not long ago where 
the person we were it was and there was four of us and we were all very much wanting to eat the same way and and so you, know, you navigate the menu which of these meals could could you do with no oil and they send out someone from the kitchen who talks to us very helpful and this this woman from this restaurant had said yes yes we can do those with no oil and it was just like she just slipped it in almost accidentally yeah well just use margarine <laughs> and we were going no 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 and so i'm a little more savvy now it's like we want no oil we want no added fats no butter no margarine so i think actually some of us have probably um been you know when when we've had a place that seemed to be accommodating that maybe we haven't quite had the meal that we think we've been having <laughs> don't tell me that <laughs> Um, so yes, I just throw that out there as a warning because it would seem that they can think, okay, these people don't want oil, but I don't understand why we don't want oil. So I'll just use nutlegs or something instead. Oh gosh. Uh, and the other thing with eating out, of course, is the salt. Now, I've, over the years, become so much more salt sensitive that um, I seem to be able to cope with just one random meal, you know, in a week um, where it's it's salty and I notice I'm drinking more and I retain the fluid. But if I have several salt meals in a row, like I'm traveling and we eat out a few nights in a row and lunch, um, it really hits me. So that's the other thing that, uh, that it's it's difficult to ask a restaurant to kind of hold the salt because it's in so many foods and and most chefs i think seem to think that it'd be just terrible to send something out that it wasn't uh, in their mind full of flavor because it's full of salt so that's the other thing that's really hard about eating out mm, um, salt is and, really hard mm, when you're eating out so as as for the the whole uh navigating social situations um i, I i've got a a a page on our website i think the page is called social disapproval and i draw on a lot of the work of dr doug lyle the psychologist who also works at true north um and uh, and with the mcdougall program and he has got a, a few talks that he's given about how to deal with others and there's a section in his book the pleasure trap and so it, it you know there's there's and, and it's one of the – we run a, a five-day immersion program and we spend a fair bit of time on one of the days talking about, um, you know, dealing with others and this thing about that when you first discover all of this way of eating and you feel so good eating this way, you just want to shout from the mountaintops and you want everyone in your life to hear it. Yes, <laughs> I know. You want everyone in your life to change and you just have to know that they that's just not going to happen um, and that the more you shout from the mountaintops, the more they want to just put earplugs in and, and not listen to you. And so, yeah, navigating around that is, is it's an art form. But I think if people are warned that it is going to be difficult, um, then, you know, it's and, and that the best thing they can do is just be the shining example to eat and, and you know, eat this way and be, be healthy, feed others when there's the opportunity, but just don't, don't get invested in trying to change anyone else because it's just... It's fraught with danger. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We've talked about it so many times on this show about 
how excited and passionate you get and how you run around, like you said, with a megaphone and then how you realise that you can't do that. <laughs> but having having said that, you, there's I, I always say that just look for the teachable moment in a person and there just might be something someone says and you just think, right, what's the best resource I can dangle in front of their eyes at this point in time? And you just kind of swoop in with something in in the hope that that maybe this might help. But if it doesn't, you've just got to back right off again. Mm. And, uh, yes, so we we all have people in our families. Um, I've had some great successes within my family and, and my friend network, but there's a lot of people I know who are just not interested, some who are quite resistant, some who even get quite angry if food and nutrition is ever mentioned in any mm. conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a little hard given that that's what I've made my life now. It's <laughs> uh, working as a, as a nutritionist and, and running seminars and, and other programs. So um, it, it is tricky when I'm not allowed to talk about it, but yeah. I understand. No, I get it too. Can you please talk more about your webpage and your work and your Facebook group for anyone who's listening who wants to go find it? It's it's a fant- it's it's one of my absolute favorite resources for this and so comprehensive for this way of eating. So if you could share your webpage and your Facebook group, that would be so amazing. Sure. Well, the web the webpage is we started this um about six years, five and a half years ago, and we we got the domain name um, Whole Foods Plant Based Health dot uh, com dot au. So Whole Foods with an S because we couldn't get Whole Food without the S. Um, we could for the dot dot com dot au, but not the not the straight dot com. So we started this uh, initially. It was Malcolm's idea as a patient resource. So it was to have things. Um, that he could refer patients to that had content that he's written as well as um, good resources. So um, we we make a pretty good team with this because, um, you know, he he does a lot of reading and and, and he sort of, you know, very... uh, conscientiously writes writes material and I as a librarian go out there and, and find what I think are the best resources for people and that's that's sort of what I've always done as a librarian is connect people to to the best information for their needs and so it's a mixture of um, there's information on on different um, you know diseases different health conditions and um, and then we I, I had the resources I add uh, you know where there's a plant-based expert who's either presented a video or or, or, or written written material. I try and list some of the peer-reviewed literature that supports what we're saying in, in relation to that particular topic. And then um, I also like to add a little list of success stories that relate to the different topics. So so that, that's one part of the website. Another part is just all of the transition resources. So I pull together, you know, what I think are the most helpful things to get people started. Um, We've been working on um, an FAQ page. In fact, um, just (laughs) this weekend, we've been uh, finalising our latest FAQ, which um, 
um, hopefully we're, I mean, it's actually already published, but I haven't told anyone about it. Um, by the time I know this interview um, is, the podcast is, is uploaded, I will have told people about it. <laughs> um, it's on that um, question of hair loss because I see it so often in, in the groups. People yeah. say, oh, you know, I'm lo- I've been eating this way for a few months and I'm, I'm losing, seem to be losing hair. You know, what does it mean? Am I not getting enough of this or enough of that? And um, and so we've, we've sort of delved right into what's going on in that regard and so we've now got our little faq up there about oh, hair loss wow, that's great. Pump as tons so of it, people talk about that all the they time. do they do and that's why i've really wanted to get this one done and and so we finally finally got it out there and uh and probably you know <laughs> by tonight which will <laughs> tonight in my time not in this podcast yes, time, yes, um yes. we'll be posting it in various places so so that's the website and it's a little bit old-fashioned in in its structure i think you know when I started it in um, end of 2012 and it was using, you know, the sort of the WordPress theme for 2011 and I haven't upgraded it since then. And I just think, oh, look, it is what it is. I don't it's, think anyone will. It looks, it looks really nice if you ask me. It's just a, it's just an information resource and that's what it is. So it doesn't have things that flash at you and demand that you sign up when, when you go there. Mind you, we do have a mailing list, so if someone wants to sign up, they can, but it's just not in their, in their face. Um, so there's the, the website and, and that's always a work in progress. In fact, some of the material we developed five years ago, um, you know, it's, we, we, we're wanting to revise <laughs> substantially, but, uh, you know, it takes time. It does. It does. And so you've got the amazing page, Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies as well. Yes. Well, that's, well, that's Facebook. the group. So I'll just mention between, we've also got a, a We've also got a page, which is Plant-Based Health Australia. And so why have we got a website called One Thing and and a a page called Another Thing? Plant-Based Health Australia Facebook page actually started before the website. That was sort of our first, um, we wanted to have something out there that was Australian. And um, and in in looking for what I could have as a Facebook group, they were the words that worked. We've since sort of turned that into a bit of a business name. So when we run our seminars and run our immersion program, we're running it under the banner of Plant-Based Health Australia. Um, but of course, in 2012, 2013, we didn't realise this is the way we were going. And so our website is called Whole Foods Plant-Based Health and they don't quite marry. Um, but anyway, so the, the page has been running for six years now. So that's our page and we don't put a lot of stuff up. It's like just, you know, each week there's a few posts when we're not very prolific. We, we think that so many people are following so many things that um, they're, they're going to get sort of, you know, the daily news feed from the nutrition world um, from other sources. So we tend to just post things on that that are a little more thoughtful and reflective. Um, you know, we, we sort of put our comment and maybe put the context of how this fits into Australia. So that, that's our, our page. So then there's the group. So the group Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies was started, um, I'd, I'd got to know just online, um, uh, Deb, uh, who was in Sydney, and we met for the first time uh, back in late 2013. And when we met, we chatted about, wouldn't it be nice to have a little kind of you know, Facebook group that's just Australian? And uh, so we we started that at the just I think it was end of November 2013. And I remember being really excited that we had 30 people, you know, after the uh, at the end of that weekend. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and um, the group's now it's it's getting closer to 10,000. Wow. 
And so it's uh, we've we've there's many more administrators um, on board now. Uh, I think there's five of us administrating that group, and um, you know we. It, it's a fun thing to be involved in. It, it has its hassles at times being as an admin. You, you can't keep everyone happy, but um, we try and sort of steer it in the right direction. Um, if ever there's something happening in the group that is a little bit, um, you know, causing a bit of angst um, or someone's, you know, getting hot under the collar about something that, that we're disagreeing with, we have to say to, you know, and the admins, we, we have a like a little chat session that's that's forever ongoing. And so we, we correspond with each other very frequently. And uh, so we, the, the bottom line is, is this is this helpful and supportive? And so if there's posts happening that we think are not supportive to people in their journey, we, we remove them. And you know, sometimes we get a bit of flack for doing that, but that's that's just what we're doing. But on the whole, it seems to be a very supportive group and people love being there. I love being lots there. Of, Thanks lots for having of good me. Feedback. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's tricky with 10,000 or oh, nine, you can't, you nine can't please thousand everyone. people. And and many people have joined it without really knowing what it, what it, what it's about. Um, you know, it's whole foods, plant based. Um, it's not just vegan, and it's not just whole foods. Mm. Um, some people join it thinking there's this whole food supplement that they might be able to market throughout, and that uh. gets quickly deleted if they if they do, <sighs> because it's not whole foods if it's a isolated uh, uh, sort of supplement extract. So yeah, so that that's the group, and and also there's one other layer to to the support around Australia is the um, uh, soon after the film Plant View Nation came out, um, there was a call um, initially, you know, <laughs> across America, to for people to start groups within their cities or you know in their areas um, as a, a support for people doing whole food plant based. And so I quickly jumped on board with that and tapped a few people on the shoulder in Adelaide, Perth, and Sydney, and Brisbane, um, and we we got up and running what what were called plant powered. So there's plant powered Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, uh, and there's a couple of regional ones that have now started too. And uh, again, and the administrators of those plant powered groups, we keep in touch as well, um, so that that sort of helps you know, support networks stay really strong. And so the, the mission with the um, the one that I facilitate in Melbourne, Plant Powered Melbourne, is just, you know, to have a, an actual face-to-face meet-up with people, mostly every month. Sometimes it's every two months. Um, and I think people value just being able to hang out and have conversations with other people. Yeah, I haven't been to one yet, but I intend to go. I'm going to make it to one soon. Good. And so, so there's that, that layer of support as well, that it's not just uh, this uh, group around the whole of Australia. There are also the, the plant-powered groups that people can join to uh, organise get-togethers. Wonderful. Thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing, Jenny, to help people transition to this way of life and to inform them about the benefits of this way of life. It's like such a important task that you have taken on and I really appreciate it myself for the benefits it gives me just being part of these group your group and but also because you know I want as many people as possible to be spreading this message because I just think it's so important for the whole planet to be healthy and thriving beings that will make better decisions about the future of the planet when they've got healthy bodies and they don't feel in pain and suffering all day Mm. Mm. thank you 
And thanks for coming on the show. I really, really appreciated having you and hearing from you and getting to know a bit more about your story and the work that you're doing. It's been, yeah, it's been really great having you. Just wondering, are you going to ask me my questions? <laughs> I did my homework. <laughs> I know that you um, you often ask about three things. But I know. I was going to. I just you thought, were going to. <laughs> I was going to, and then I thought, oh, maybe we'll leave it at that because you were talking about your website. But, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to go. That ticks off one of them. That's definitely the... Okay, the... I'm going to say, what are your three biggest tips for the people listening who want to consider this lifestyle? Because I ask every single one and I don't know why I thought... It's because I just felt like it was such a nice wrap-up with your websites and the plant-powered meetups. I thought, oh, maybe we'll stop there. But no. Oh, I wasn't going to let you. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Please tell me your three biggest tips. Tick off number one being um, have a look at the website, particularly the transition resources and the books that we list and so on. But I won't, won't say any more about that one. Um, I think one of the, the, the biggest ones is for people to keep it simple. And by that I mean, you know, if they're starting out, that they get hold of, you know, whether it's just one book or some online resources, maybe just follow one person initially. And and I, as I say this, this was this has always been the the tip I, I give to people when we run our seminars. But just a few days ago, I read a wonderful post by dietitian Jeff Novick in the US, where he talked about um, how one of the problems that people do in this in a plant based network is that. They start to sample what everyone has to say. You know, all the different plant-based doctors—they're following nutrition facts. You know, they're following all these different people, and they get confused. And really, for someone starting out, it's just best if you can just, you know, find some simple recipes or meal plans that are going to work for you. Um, I'm I'm going to give a plug here for Emma Roach's book. Um, I think because I've actually seen some wonderful examples where people have um, bought this book. Um, you can buy it as a print book or, or the ebook, and have just got started with her 28-day meal plans. And, you know, lo and behold, 28 days later, they've gone from knowing nothing about all of this way of life to doing it. And so it's about, in keeping it simple, it's about just doing, you know, practicing new habits whether it's starting with just one meal a day, you know, you're going to make, you're going to eat a healthy breakfast, whether that's sort of oats and berries or, or whatever it is that, that works for you. And, you know, don't try too much variety. We have the same breakfast every day. We have pretty much the same lunch every day. Our evening meal only varies by the flavours, the spices we use, and maybe the, the legume that we use. But otherwise, we eat pretty much the same way every day. And so that's what I encourage people to do at the, at the start, to, to just make it simple. Don't, don't sort of reach out for too much variety you know, follow one one plan, one book, whatever it is, um, and just create some good habits. And what matters most is what you do day after day after day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, Such and a, a good point. It can get so confusing. It can be. And, you know, when you're really confident with what you're doing and then that's the time, if you're curious, to start sampling what other people say and what other people are recommending. But, you know, this whole thing of, oh, you know, do I fast? Do I do a, you know, a fasting window? Do I do an alternate day fasting? Like, 
I would say to someone, just start eating whole food, plant-based, you know, each meal every day. Get that one, you know, get that one under your belt before you tinker with any variation that throws in things like fasting, which can be fraught with danger because when people are really hungry, that's when they can make poor decisions. So um, I'm not a big advocate, particularly in the early times of someone um, trying to, um, you know, sort of close the eating window too much in their day. So keeping it simple. Um, The other one, my third one is to understand a little bit about calorie density because I find regardless of whether you're someone wanting to lose weight or whether you're someone who doesn't want to lose weight or someone who's actually already quite lean and and finds when they're eating whole food plant-based that they're losing weight they don't want to lose that understanding calorie density is the key to making this eating this way a success and we've got a section on our website about energy density with a, a nice chart in... Um, I was we, going to ask where they could read it, so I'm glad you mentioned. <laughs> um, uh, at the top of our energy density page, we've done um, a chart of uh, different food groups in... We've, we've used calories. We're not completely Australianized in terms of using kilojoules. We use calories per 100 grams. And that works pretty well because that's what our nutrition labels um, have. Um, whenever you know, you're shopping and label reading, you'll see there's always that column per 100 grams. So we've got um, all the major food groups per 100 grams. And, and part of our um, seminar and immersion program and also uh, some new workshops that I've been um been doing and, and a few talks that I've, I've been invited to do is around calorie density. And so to me, that's one of the most important parts of understanding whole food plant-based is understanding where the bulk of your calories are going to come from. And, uh, and it helps people understand why we say no oil, why we say be a little careful of the, the nuts and seeds, <laughs> don't go overboard. And while we also say you can't live on, um, you know, green salads uh, alone. And uh, so that's that, that's my third tip. That Try is a great tip. Calorie density. And I haven't heard two – well, I haven't heard the last one ever before. So that's a really great tip. Um, I think it's so important and it is it was one of the very last pieces of my own puzzle it was calorie density. I found it really complicated and hard to understand initially, but then like once you see a few images and I found, what are they called? Pictographics? I found them really helpful to understand calorie density as well. Mm, mm. There's, a, there's a great one on the uh, Forks Over Knives website of, of the, the, the different stomachs and it shows, you know, what what 500 calories of oil looks like in your stomach versus what 500 calories of meat or what 500 calories of, you know, your starchy foods and 500 calories of non-starchy foods. And uh, I find that's really a great uh, is it picture? Oh, I can't think of the word. Yeah, see. In, 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 infographic. <laughs> infographic. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Mm. We, we, we don't have – we've got a link to that on our calorie density or energy density website, but I can't, I can't steal the actual infographic and put it there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that's great. The, the, the link's helpful enough, but I'm sure the information there is an amazing resource anyway for anyone who's wanting to learn more about calorie density. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sorry for cutting you off without asking you your three tips. I regret <laughs> it because they were really good. I just thought, oh, you've given me a lot. That's nearly an hour. Maybe I'll just cut it off here. <laughs> 
Thanks, Corinne. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much um, for coming on the show. And I'm so excited to hear more about you and your work and and to be part of your group and to keep learning myself because even though, you know, I feel like I'm doing so well on this way of eating, it's just always – there's just always more information coming out and that that helps to tweak things or helps me to – be even more committed and passionate about delivering these messages to people. Mm, mm. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Jenny, for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, I put out new episodes every Sunday slash Monday, and you can listen to them over at iTunes and Stitcher app for Android. If you would like to support this podcast and help me to spread this message of hope and healing with a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet all across the world, which is my mission, please take a moment of your time to head on over to iTunes and leave this podcast a five-star rating and a kind review to help When Life Gives You Lemons Go Vegan move up even higher in the iTunes search rankings, which may mean nothing to you, <laughs> which didn't to me probably until like yesterday, but it just means that the more, the more five-star reviews and the more kind reviews, five-star ratings and kind reviews, the more people can find this podcast and hopefully hear these messages and change their lives for the better. Thank you to everyone who's left a rating, especially left a review. I know it takes a moment of your time and it can be a bit tedious, I read them all. I love them all. They really make me feel like what I'm doing isn't just going into the ether and that no one's listening to it. Yeah, it helps motivate me and realise that I'm actually doing something worthwhile for people. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. 